0: This show covers various real-life topics that some listeners may find disturbing and or triggering. Please note that these topics are spoken on in order to drive public discourse and are not meant for malicious intent. All opinions are mine and mine only. Your discretion is advised. What up, what up, what up? This is your boy, Roy, and you are now tuned into Back to Center Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to life, love, and the millennial struggle. Happy self-care Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, and congratulations. You made it to yet another week, but of course, as per usual, we got a lot of shit to talk about. Starting off with Kanye West's White Lives Matter t-shirt, Tom Brady and Giselle call it quits, New York City women are now charging men the D-bag tax, Ukraine leaders Vladimir Zelensky calls upon NATO to engage with Russia, and the topic of conversation for today being how to become you 2.0 becoming him or her so go ahead and roll one up pour up a libation kick back sit back with your boy roy because the show starts now Yo, check this out, not only can you hear my voice, but you could also take a look at my mug on YouTube. Feel free to follow and subscribe to the channel, Maison De wa that's M A I S O N D E R O Y. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for stopping by. This is your boy Roy, and of course, you are tuned in with Back to Center Podcast. Now, I was supposed to put this episode out yesterday. I actually fell asleep. So, I recorded like the first half, and then I sat down on the studio couch in here. I'm just chilling. You know, I was on my iPad, and then next thing you know, I fucking fall asleep. I wake up, it's like 3 a.m. I was like, shit, let me just go back to bed, and then I'll just record this shit in the morning. So, Here we are. We're back in our normal time, but hopefully you'll be hearing this a little bit earlier than usual. Try to get these out a little bit earlier these days, but who knows with my schedule. You know, although the world is burning, we have to keep hustling and we have to keep grinding, right? So, of course, my week has been busy. I hope your week has been busy, but also fulfilling. And I hope you have a great weekend as well. You know, I I can appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast while you're probably, you know, doing your thing. You're probably just like driving or, you know, cleaning the house or whatever the fuck you're doing on a Saturday. You decided to hang out with me. So thank you so much. Now, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. Here's the first thing I want to talk about. And I think it's really prevalent um, to today's day and age, obviously, especially with what's going on or what has been going on since like, I don't know post COVID, right? Are we even, is there a post COVID? Are we still dealing with COVID? I don't know anymore. It's crazy how, you know, during its, I guess you could say during its you know initial phase, it was very heavy in the news. And I mean, granted at some point, you know, the media is going to find new things to cover and there's tons of shit to cover. That's for sure. But I think it's just very interesting because we haven't really made any real medical headway If that makes any sense, like vaccines aside, there are people still dying from quote unquote, you know, COVID, but I don't want to get too much into that. I just think it's interesting how, you know, we just never hear of shit ever again or like same thing with monkeypox. Like what happened to that before it was like a huge outbreak, this thing might take over the whole nation. What happened to that? They just dropped it, completely dropped it. That's all they do. They're really good at giving us diversion topics. Which is, you know, especially given this time being the midterms, Biden has pulled one of the best Houdini tricks any president has ever done by pardoning everyone he's thrown in jail back in 1994. How interesting is that? I mean, it's a great diversion tactic. You know, Russia wants to go ahead and drop nukes and shit. But instead of focusing on that or having a debate, let's give everyone their weed. So we make it, well... Biden is trying to make the push to make it federally legal, which will look sweet for him just in time for like the midterms because he's not looking too good. But I don't want to jump ahead of myself, keeping it in the political arena, kind of want to cover Kanye West wearing his White Lives Matter t-shirt. Now, you might have seen this. It's set the Internet ablaze. And, you know, there was tons of opinions. Everyone had something to say about it. And not only was he wearing the shirt, Candace Owens was also wearing the shirt. It was a great tandem, you know, a great way to really rile up the internet. Um, However, I don't think he was in the wrong to wear that shirt. And I mean, obviously, if you've listened to my Kyle Rittenhouse episode, which if you're a first-time listener, welcome, but do yourself a favor... Try not to pass any immediate judgments on my views. Listen to a couple episodes first. That'll give you a good idea of where I come from. And you'll realize that it's a little more sensible than you might think. But without tooting my own horn too much, what I do want to say here is, I don't think Kanye West was in the wrong to wear that shirt again. And the reason why I say that is because at the same time, people are mad at Kanye West. We're forgetting that The BLM organization itself not only took money from its supporters, it took those funds, didn't do anything in regards to, like, community advancement, and spent a majority of that money on mansions and homes for them and their friends. So who the fuck should we really be mad at? I just find it to be rather interesting. That's all. So here's the article written by Washington Examiner. Uh, This was based off of uh, Kanye West's interview with Tucker Carlson. I haven't seen it. I probably will watch it later on today. I got, like, literally nothing to do. This is probably one of my laziest Saturdays I've ever had, and I'm so thankful for it. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm probably just going to hang out in-house and check this out. But, anywho, Kanye West goes on to say, My dad is an educated ex-Black Panther, and he put a text to me today, and he said, white lives matter. Ha ha ha. I thought it was funny. The idea of me wearing it was funny. And I said, why do you think it's funny? And he just said, a black man stating the obvious. West said, on Fox News. Now, he goes on to say, that was my favorite response because I kept thinking, people are looking for an explanation. And people say yes, as an artist, you don't have to give an explanation. But as a leader, you do. And, you know, wherever... Kanye West is leaning, in regards to what he means, or what he's trying to um, suggest or infer in regards to leadership. Perhaps that's a nod at him wanting to be political again. I think he's kind of right, though. I mean, obviously, as an artist, you don't have to explain shit. Artists have done some crazy shit, and you know, there's no explanation for it. You know, me as a amateur, <laughs> me as an amateur artist, um, a lot of things that I've done, which You know, some people have found to think, you know, it's genius, um, but there's no real explanation for it. So like you, of course, you don't have to explain yourself, but in a context such as this one, you definitely do. And I think Kanye West's dad's answer is probably the most concise, straight to the point, and very refreshingly transparent as well. You know, I I feel like in today's day and age, if you were to wear something that radical, you'd kind of have to like tiptoe around what people find quote-unquote offensive in order to find some sort of verbiage that will quell both sides, right? Like your supporters and your detractors. However, what I do want to note here is that at the end of the day, regardless of how we see this, obviously A, Kanye is going to do his own thing, and B, there are tons of other quote-unquote black people that also feel the same. And honestly, if I could extrapolate, extrapolate, Jesus Christ, excuse me. If I could extrapolate anything from, you know, Kanye West's quote-unquote stunt and, you know, the whole snippet from this interview, I can say that for as many detractors there are, there are a lot of supporters. But within that, moving beyond the verbiage of White Lives Matter or Black Lives Matter, I think somewhere deep inside, we all agree that Essentially, all lives matter. And maybe saying we all is a little too hopeful. Perhaps, hopefully, a little bit more than the majority, or maybe just settling for the majority, which is fine. We'll think that. However, you will find extremes on both sides. And that's going to be the case for just about anything. But at the same time, though, given... Kanye West's political stance, could anyone be shocked at this anyway? Like, be mad all you want, sure. Perhaps there is no convincing you that BLM was nothing more than a ploy to, you know, obtain as much money as possible for their, you know, for their own objectives. So the community, because take a look at the communities that were affected by things such as this. You know, it is, it's, because of, it's because of this that a lot of these communities were facing, I don't want to say they're facing calamity off rip, but if anything, these uh, protests, these, uh, these outlashes, these um, whatever you want to call it in regards to how the public expressed themselves, they were exacerbated. By this organization so essentially to be a quote-unquote useful idiot for an organization that ended up just taking your money and using it for their their own good I think that would piss me off more than anything you know like if I was invested in this movement and I found out that the leaders did this I would be pissed the fuck off like fuck whatever Kanye West is wearing you know like I would want my money back that's, at least that's where my head would be, but, you know, we, we have a way, or the media, I should say, has a way of pivoting things and positioning things to make it seem other, right? And of course, Kanye has already faced some sort of backlash within the quote-unquote black community, and if you hear me say quote-unquote, it's because I hate saying the nomenclature black, like black is not an ethnicity, it's a color. And, like, a good 95% of us aren't even black. We're brown. But that's a whole nother conversation for another day. Every time I bring that shit up around, like, my Hispanic friends, are always like, oh, my God, here we go again. But, again, another conversation for another day. Uh, so guys like Lil Boosie definitely spoke out against Kanye. But here's my question to Boosie. Where was he when he found out that BLM took all that money and bought mansions? How can you have... Smoke for Kanye West for wearing a t shirt, but have no smoke for the organization that literally took all of your fans' dollars essentially and bought themselves housing. That just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. I, I'm not going to say I'm in support of Kanye West wearing his shirt because at the same time, I'm not going to support a BLM shirt. Like, if I go ahead and say I don't care, it's going to make me sound very callous and crass to the, you know, quote unquote, going on of the tribes and tribulation trials and tribulations, excuse me, of what the black community faces. So I can't just say I don't care because I obviously I do care. Like there are lives involved in that. But also at the same time, at what point do we stop claiming this victimhood class? Like When do we stop identifying ourselves with this victim mentality? And I don't want to hear like when cops stop killing us or things of that nature, because clearly, as evident in the rap industry in itself, we keep killing each other. So before we get to the police, I think there are a couple of elephants in the room that we have to address, you know, and in speaking of elephants in the room, Tom Brady and Giselle, First of all, Tom Brady could lose up to $200 million in this divorce from his wife, Giselle Bündchen, an expert has warned. And I mean, yo, honestly, if you ask me, I think Giselle not changing her last name was indicative and was a signal enough to Tom that this wasn't going to last forever. But yo, let's be fucking frank for one second. Do marriages even last nowadays anyway? No, hell no. Like, I see a couple of people that, all right, so without giving away names, right, I remember when I used to work at Crunch, this was like fucking four years ago, there was this one particular woman I used to train, and, you know, I never did anything with her, gonna be totally transparent, never did anything, however, you know, we have, we did flirt back and forth, and she did admit at some point that there was like some sexual tension, but I never made any advancements on her at all, Right. couple years later, you know, I changed location. I'm no longer training there. I'm, I'm somewhere else, I'm doing my thing. She gets married, and right before, right before she ended up having a child, she was telling me that, yeah, I don't plan on having a kid like at all at any point. And when I seen her years later with the kid, something like something like, I don't know, like it was almost like a light bulb. I can't say a light bulb, but like a, a thought bulb went off in my head, right? And I was like, yo, given the divorce statistic that I believe, like, what, 75% of women initiate divorce, and given that most divorces are usually, like, 10 years and a couple days after, that's typically when you get half, and, yo, it's, I, I don't know, I maybe perhaps in this case I'm talking in circles right now, but what I'm trying to say is, I see a lot of new relationships start off really hot. And I was one of those, right? I just never got married, thank God. Um, but they start off really hot. And then further down the line, like all my friends will have older people that are getting divorced. And it's like, you know, 10 years post their relationship and shit. And yo, if the statistics are true, then at this rate, I don't think anyone's ever going to get married. But is that such a bad thing? Now, granted, I know there's a lot of tragons that are like, oh, you're destroying the nuclear family. Yes, the nuclear fami- family, excuse me, is important. However, as an antinatalist, I would argue that if you're not going to have children, like, like me, is there any point to getting married? I don't think so. I think that's a topic for another day. But as MSN article writes, rumors have swirled that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback enlisted a divorce attorney after Page Six originally reported that model Budchen had already done so, as the couple faces difficulties within their 13-year marriage. Now, you see, it's like right around that time frame, you know, 10 plus years. Perhaps at the 10-year mark, you probably just get tired of that shit. You know, like I, I could see that being a thing. And perhaps it's just women that are the first to pull the trigger. You know, I think as guys, we try to work shit out. Like, even though we know shit is broken, we're like, nah, let me try and fix this. Let me try this one more time. But I do believe women have that kill switch ability um, a lot more ingrained in them to just be like, nah, this isn't working. I'm out. Women break up with you six months Mentally, like, they break up with you mentally six months before they break up with you physically. Fellas, remember what I just said. I just dropped a fucking dime, all right? So if your girl starts acting finicky, starts acting weird and shit, and then six months later you guys actually end up breaking up, just think about that. You're like, wow. Serge was right. As per usual. (laughs) Anyway, so... Brady could be hit heavily in the pocket, should the two split, a leading divorce lawyer told Newsweek, especially if he didn't have a prenuptial agreement with Budgen. Which, personally, listen, if you are going to get married, at the very least, get a fucking prenup. And even then, you're going to spend money trying to prove that the prenup is, like, valid anyway. But at, at the very least, you have one. You know, but, damn, if Tom Brady doesn't have a prenup, it's a wrap. It's a wrap for him. It's over. He's going to be broke, Brady. Well, not broke. Obviously, obviously, he'll still have a lot of money. But he'll be $200 million drier. Man, it's crazy. It's crazy what the dating scene, it's crazy what marriage has come to, low-key. It, it just seems like marriage is just like something you do. For some period of time, like before, it was this thing you do till death, but now it's like this thing you just do for like you know I'm gonna just hang out with you for like ten years, and then I'm a dip. Which I mean, by all means, I think if you go into a relationship with that in mind, then yeah, I guess you're you're fine. But with all things considered, not a lot of people are gonna go into a relationship like that. So. At the end of the day, are we, all, are we all just, like, lying to each other? Perhaps. Well, say la viscioli. Speaking of money, we've got New York women. Man, I'm going to go off script real quick. I mean, there is no script in front of me, per se, but allow me to take a sip of this coffee before I go ahead and make this statement real quick. Side note: the coffee is dark roast. I might go ahead and make a coffee. ASMR, YouTube channel, probably not. But, yo, New York women, you guys become harder to date as the days go by. I I just, I don't get it. When I touch down in other cities, the women are pleasant, they're enjoyable, they're nice to be around, you know, and now granted, some guys that live in these states are going to say like, oh, these women are terrible, this, that, and the third. Whatever. That's his experience. And, you know, the same could be said for me. Like, maybe New York women aren't hard to date. Maybe that's just my experience. But goddamn, when the New York Post starts coming out with articles such as the D-bag tax, New York women are charging men up to $3,000 for failed relationships and bad dates. I don't think I'm fucking wrong. I don't think I'm fucking wrong. And I know this is, honestly, all of this is just a big play within the broke chick economic playbook. It's just like guys who have nowhere to live, so they jump into a relationship. You know, chicks do this with money. And I'm just gonna call it like it is because this is downright extortion. I'm not gonna waste my time reading this trash-ass article because I'm not a fan of New York Post anyway, but I'll just go ahead and read this bullshit-ass first paragraph, and then I'll give you the details afterwards. So it says here, Sarah was fed up. The New York City social worker who declined to give her last name, had had countless dates cancel on her at the last minute. So, when a man she met on an app recently pulled out of their date an hour beforehand, she agreed to reschedule with one caveat. He would have to Venmo her a $50 deposit. First of all, get the fuck out of here. I know my tone, tone sounds rather aggressive, and I can apologize for that. Maybe I should calm it down, be a little more casual. So let me go ahead and try that again. Get the fuck out of here. No, seriously. Get the fuck out of here. Like, if I had said individual in front of me, and she recounted me this story, or said individual recounted me this story, I don't want to make this targeted. I would politely say, excuse me, persons, please get the fuck out of here. Merci. And here's why. I get the idea of not wanting your time wasted. I get that. Time is one of the most precious assets we all have. And frankly, some of us don't have enough of it. Because we spend a majority of it on our careers, on our business, and have very little for our social life. So I I totally understand that. No one wants to waste their time. You never know when you're going to die. In New York, you're like one train away. From getting smoked, you're like one homeless person away from catching a disease. It's fucking Gotham City in this bitch. I understand that. But here's what I don't understand To send guys a Venmo request of up to $3,000 because when you met them, they were in a relationship or like you were the side chick to charge, first of all, that's extortion at worst. And at best, it's prostitution. At best, it's lighthearted prostitution. Like, can you imagine sending a, a Venmo request like, oh, yeah, I, I just noticed while we were dating, you were in a relationship. I think this grants me some money. That's extortion. That is literally extortion. Like, you can go. That's a felonious crime. You can go to jail for this. You can go to federal prison for this shit. But no, we write an article on it on the New York Post and act like it's fucking normal. This is what I fucking hate about this generation. And it's like, and some of his ideologies, like, damn, some of y'all are just fucking wonky. And this can go for both parties, both male and female. Some of you just think so backwards. But I could understand this because if you're broke, if you don't make a lot of money, which I don't believe social workers do, it would make sense. For you to pull some bullshit like this. This is utter bullshit. Let's just get that out the way right now. This is utter bullshit. This is one of the stupidest trends. Fellas, if you are actually fulfilling these Venmo requests. Because you're afraid your girl is going to find out. Let me just tell you this. Your girl is going to find out at some point anyway. And then on top of that you're going to feel even stupider. Because you're out $3,000 and a girlfriend. God forbid if you live with her, now your ass is homeless, out $3,000, and no girlfriend. That's super goofy. Don't fucking do that to yourself. And ladies, if you ever send me a Venmo request of any dollar amount, it could be a dollar, it could be $5, it could be 50, 500, 5,000. Guess what? I ain't paying none of that shit. I ain't paying. None of that shit. Don't even send me a Venmo request. That shit is going to get Insta. I don't even use Venmo. How about that one? I don't even use these fucking cash apps. Except for Cash App. But regardless, even if you zeld me, I will not acknowledge that shit. Unless the words come out of my mouth. Unless the words I will give you some money for X, Y, and Z come out of my mouth. You will not get a dime. I'm sorry. That's just how I'm rolling. You know what 50 Cent said. A beer can't get a dollar out of me. Moving on. Well, you may not even be able to get these dollars because we're about to get fucking nuked anyway. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky called NATO to launch preemptive strikes against Russia. Here's another fucking idiot. Listen, I get it. Support for Ukraine. I understand.
1: Let me set this call for real quick. Some good ass coffee. Anyway,
0: I totally understand. Support Ukraine. It seems like the right thing to do. But let's address the fucking elephant in the room. This man, Vladimir Zelensky, wants NATO to get involved with this war, which essentially means we will be sparking World War III by 2023. I'm gonna be totally honest with you right now, bro. And I have to speak as layman as possible with this. I have to. But bro, I'm not dying for Ukraine, fam. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to get nuked for Ukraine. I don't give a fuck how anyone thinks or feels about that. If, if you can consciously sit here and say, yes, let's invoke nuclear war across the globe for the sake of ukraine you are an idiot that is the hill i will die on that is what if i'm dying for anything it's going to be that it's going to say no to nuclear war listen ukraine i fuck with you but if you can't beat russia just chalk up the l because again I'm not trying to get blown to bits for you. Like, yo, my family were immigrants. They came to this country. I'm the first generation American. Both my brothers passed away. I'm the only motherfucker left who can not only pass on a legacy, but also change the course of history for my family, for my community, and shit. If I got, who the fuck knows? What if a nigga became president? You never fucking know. Like I'm not trying to die before I hit these milestones, cause I'm sorry. I know Ukrainians don't want to get blown to smithereens either. I know Russians don't want to get blown to smithereens. You seen the guys, like ten thousand of them trying to leave the country. I'm not trying to be in that position, bro. Yo, you guys need to, you guys need to have a fucking powwow. You need to come together, and you need to say, listen. We can't do this. At the cost of the globe. Bro, the globe. And these aren't the bombs that hit Japan. Shout out, Japan. I have some listeners in Japan. Love you guys. Uh, and what happened during that time was absolutely horrendous and horrific. But I have to say, in comparison, in regards to the technology that we have nowadays, listen, if Russia drops a Tsar Bomba, everybody's gone from the Bronx. All the way to that, that Island. I'm not trying to die. I'm sorry. At least not like that. Like, I know we're all going to go, but my man, ain't no way I'm trying to get fried like that. And, you know, one of the one of the uh, congresswomen in Russia, I believe, or like a secretary of state or whatever the fuck they call their cabinet over there. You know, she said something that I think was so, she's right, but at the same time, it's like, how the fuck are you going to say that and, like, justify it? So she was like, only the U.S. dropped nuclear bombs. Why are they allowed to, but we're not? What in the fuck? I mean, yeah, I, I know we did that. But at the same time, though, that doesn't mean like, oh, you know what? Yeah, sure. All right, let's just go ahead and end the human race. Over some, honestly, let's, let's be frank about it. Once we all die and a thousand years rolls over, a majority of the current history will be washed away. We're not going to... No one is going to know, like, half of the shit. I almost said we're not going to remember. Of course we're not going to remember. We're going to be fucking dead. But these new people, whatever they evolve into, millennia after, they're not going to remember us. So here we all are, dying over some dumb shit. It's fucking dumb. You guys need to either... Get together and fucking call each other amigos or stop this fucking war. Or at the very least, if you're going to use nukes, motherfucker, nuke your half. I'm serious. Nuke your half. Don't nuke my half. cause <laughs> I got shit to do, man. Speaking of shit to do, how do we finally achieve these goals, man? Aren't you tired of writing down the same fucking goal over and over again? Like, if it's for fitness, aren't you tired of writing down, oh, I gotta lose 20 pounds again? Aren't you tired of that shit? Like, don't you want to say, ooh, let's get these lower abs? You know, so I had this theory. I gotta be completely transparent. I haven't been on my spiritual shit for a long time, but I jumped back into my spiritual bag after the most recent mushroom trip. And, you know, I think I've made a conscious decision, and I want to say that I truly decide to to think in that kind of spectrum. And honestly, it has given birth to a lot of different ideas and insight that I kind of want to cover with you guys. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about integrating yourself and becoming your goals, not just achieving them. That's why I titled this one Becoming Him or Her. And we'll talk about that and more once we come back from the break. This is your boy, Roy, and you've been tuned into Back to Center Podcast.
1: i to be speaking. I'm- Having me inside
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. That track was "Not Ashamed" by Majid Jordan, one of the best duos I've heard in a while, to be frank. Uh, straight out of, I believe, Toronto as well, along with like Drake, guys like Roy Woods, Party Next Door, etc., etc. I, me personally, I think the Canadian takeover is still here. I know Drake has like been around for a minute, but I also believe with all the upcoming artists that came up after him, we're bound to see an explosion of you know Canadian artists all over again and i'm i'm here for it i like canadian artists i like all good artists but artists from canada have this like particular style this particular flavor that i i really appreciate so Shout out to them, shout out to Majid Jordan, and hopefully you enjoy that track, but that's enough rambling on, let's go ahead and get into the meat and potatoes of today's conversation. The topic of conversation was Becoming You 2.0, and honestly, what the fuck does that mean, right? So, what I've noticed is that it appears that nearly everyone you speak to, and ask will envision a version of themselves in their mind that they would love to become, but they either feel they cannot or can't seem to suspend their current bad habits long enough to get halfway through the door, right? And the human species is the only species, I think, that has the capabilities and insight to change themselves and thus their destiny, but most decide it's easier to fall by the wayside, ultimately giving up their goals, hopes, and dreams, but obviously themselves as well. Now, personally, I believe the scariest thing is laying on your deathbed, and honestly that's saying if you're even lucky enough to have that style of passing, and reminiscing on your life and the things you didn't do. But doubly so, I also believe it's even scarier to live a life you know that is not up to what you envision for yourself. I think personally that fate is worse than death. and. Honestly, even like now when I think about it, it low-key gives me goosebumps, right? Because it's like, all right, so we're young, relatively, you know, in comparison to like anyone right now who's like 70 plus, right? It, at least to me, that's what I feel old is. However, we have this thing that A, we still feel like we're invincible to some regard. Obviously, we know we, we're we currently believing or coming under into the understanding that we have limitations but with all of that being said we feel like we still have time and granted again comparatively re- relatively we do however we kind of don't because like yo i know i say this all the time in like most of my podcast episodes but honestly you can die at any point so it's like if you're blessed to have the chance to have like that peaceful passing where you know you're on your deathbed you've got your family around you you know you're you're still well dressed even though hopefully you're elderly you know maybe you're in like your early 90s late 90s i i think it also depends on how long you want to be here but say you do have that i think at best you know you could lay there knowing that you did make some moves but what if you left everything you know in the gas tank Granted, you can't be everything you wanna be, at least not at once, but to some degree, to live a life where you don't become the greatest version of yourself is one of the worst things. And obviously that's an old conversation. We all know that, right? Like, it'd be a shame for you to pass away without experiencing your own self in all your glory, while at the same time achieving your wildest dreams. And admittedly, that does sound arrogant. However, at the same time, who else is going to hype yourself up if not you? And this applies to everything like your relationships, your career, your hobbies, your side hustle, whatever the case may be. Like, why leave all that up to chance? I believe if we can control what we can control, we can, and like, actually try to control it. Like, obviously, that's a redundant saying. But if we can control what we can control, you'd be surprised at how far you can go. But often more times than than not, we find ourselves drifting by the wayside and and we let everything go. And we hold this vision of who we wanna be in our heads so dearly, like we see that next level, but we have a hard time taking the first step or at least I, I could believe that's like the majority. I think for some of us, we have trouble taking the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th step, things of that nature. So, if we know who we want to become, and what our goals are, what's stopping us from getting there or becoming them? And within the question or the problem, therein lies the answer, right? So what's stopping us is that we're not becoming that person. And don't worry, I'm going to elaborate, but the reality of it is, you must become before you achieve. And personally speaking, I believe we've been looking at achieving our goals wrong this whole entire time. And again, allow me to elaborate, so I'm going to dive in here. Now again, I do have some notes, but I'm just going to go off the cuff here because this is more of like a feeling conversation. So as opposed to solely thinking about the action steps needed to achieve the goal what are the character de- developmental steps we need to take in order to initiate lasting change and thus goal attainment and this was kind of the, the rationalizations i came to so i had a i had a mushroom trip a couple like days back it was like sunday sunday of last week and during this trip i thought to myself like If I had no imposing glass ceilings on myself, how far could I go? And I I took a mental note of my limitations or what I think or deem to be limiting me. And that had to do with anything, hobbies, interactions with people, you know, even drug use. And that's on the lighter end of the spectrum, like smoking too many joints, you know, shit like that. But I thought about all that. And what I said to myself was, If I know what's stopping me and I know what what I have to do to become that person, then in reality, the only thing stopping me from becoming that person is literally just being consistent with those action steps. But more so than that, thinking about the character and the personality that that person has in order to be consistent in order to work through the issue, in order to work through the issues, excuse me, I almost came through in an accent just now, in order to work through those problems and in order to get over those challenges. In other words, there's no way I could possibly expect to A, get to my goals and stay there if I'm still acting like the person I think I am. So the ultimate question is, who do I think I am? And once you get there, that's when it all starts. Because at that point, you can take a step back. And this is if you're willing to take that step. You take that step back and you analyze it, everything. And you take a look and you go, okay, this is what I deem myself to be. But in order to get to X, Y, and Z, I have to do this. So what is the thought process behind the actions that this person does? You know, and here's two Albeit silly sounding examples But these hold some kind of weight To this conversation The first one being What does the guy with the 8-pack do To keep his 8-pack In no serious I know that sounds like a really dumb question But seriously think about it So this gentleman And you know let's discount the Oh he's probably genetically inclined That's one of the worst excuses I hear From people nowadays But we'll exclude that so what does the guy with the eight pack do to get and or keep his eight pack? Well, he has a clear understanding that part of this equation is yes, going to the gym, but the second half, perhaps the most important half, is the nutrition. So how does he think about nutrition? Well, how he thinks about nutrition determines his eating. And when when it comes to learning, he invests it in different sources right so this guy is constantly seeking new knowledge he's constantly applying the new knowledge that he's learning he's sticking to the diet that he's created for himself he's sticking to the dietary needs that he needs for his continued success in and out of the gym in other words this person has become the fitness guy and this might be a a hard abstract idea to grasp but honestly, once you do grasp it, I'm telling you, it's like unlocking the key. It's like, okay, we all understand what the mindset is of the guy who has the APAC, but now we can extrapolate that and think about the journey. What did the guy who had the APAC do to become the guy who has the APAC? Well, he had to learn shit, he had to apply shit, he had to be consistent. He had to start thinking differently about nutrition. See, it is when we start thinking different, not only with our obstacles and seeing the opportunities that lie within them, but also who we are and the gap between who we want to be. If we can identify those two things, we're on the fast track of success. I guarantee it. Here's another stupid example. What does the rich guy do? The rich guy who's got a huge savings do with his income. Well, how does he think about finances? He doesn't see finances as something to spend. He sees it as a tool. And if leveraged properly, it could be a tool that literally works day and night. So he sees this as something to work for him. He's not a slave to his income. His income works for him. So you could literally apply this to anything. Obviously, we always talk about mindset. But it's also the character as well. And again, don't listen to these examples and then think about the guy who's like, oh, what about the guy who's got the nest egg, who's been given all this money from his parents, from inheritance, this, that, and the third. Discount that. Because more often than not, the character that it takes to retain that ridiculous amount of money, he probably doesn't have and he will lose it. Same goes for the guy with steroids. Yes, he might have taken steroids to get from point A to point D, but if he doesn't have the discipline, the nutritional discipline, the exercise discipline, and the consistency to keep it, and regardless, he's going to lose, you know, like 30% of his gains anyway because once you get past your genetic threshold, your body's not going to maintain it, especially if it's synthetic and it's not, you know, bio-organic. But unless he does the things necessary to retain his gains... He's not going to keep his gains. It's not enough to just understand the action steps of a goal and then do them for a long enough duration to where you get there and then you're like, okay, I'm good. No. What is the opposite of growth? The opposite of growth is entropy. And if we're not constantly seeking the gap between who we are and who we want to be, we will spend a lifetime running in circles we'll spend a lifetime of understanding the action steps that are necessary to get to the next point, getting there, and then just falling off again. And that's real shit. Think about how many times you've done that in your own life. And we could use the same example, fitness. How many times have you told yourself, you need to lose 20 pounds. Oh, I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to lose 15 pounds. I want to lose 10 pounds. You say that shit every six Months. Unless you have the character discipline to become the person who goes to the gym on a consistent basis, eats right, understands nutritional value, is willing to forego processed foods, X, Y, and Z, you will never keep what you consistently run in circles to get. Same thing with money. Same thing with relationships. Same thing with your job. Yeah, you're probably great at interviewing. But if you're not performing, if you don't act like the person who interviewed day in, day out at work, you're not going to keep your job. And again, this goes for anything. We don't have to just look at the superficial. It takes becoming integrated with our goals. Not just wanting it. Not just doing the work for it. And I know for some, that's like a hard pill to swallow, right? Like for some that are just starting out on their journey, they're like, what do you mean I have to become it? What what I mean is you understand the goal, right? Like you, you could see the touchdown. But you got to enjoy the plays in between because it's in the enjoyment of the plays, the enjoying the difficulties, the challenges that enable you to not only get over them, but develop the character necessary to when you get to that point, you can stay there. And not only stay there, grow from that point and move forward. So, again, what does it take to be integrated? I've got a couple methods, a couple strategies for that ass, right? One of my, one of my, uh, best strategies is using our imagination. I know that sounds dumb as shit. You're like, huh? Your imagination? What the fuck are you talking about? Let me tell you something. The imagination is one of the most, or your imagination, I I should say, excuse me, is one of the most downplayed attributes to the human psyche ever. We downplay our imagination so much. Like With children, it is highly praised. But as you get older, you tend to lose that. Not necessarily because you're getting older, but because you allow society to tell you that now at this point, your imagination is nothing. But let me tell you something. How the fuck else could anything that we use, eat, if it's you know genetically processed, or sleep in, or drive... How could we have a, have any of those things if it wasn't for imagination? Like, where do you think these things came from? Like, houses aren't natural. Cars aren't natural. They're not grown. Someone had to think of this. Think, what are the steps necessary in order to develop this? Think, okay, I can't do all this on my own. Let me get someone else who knows this, this, and this. It was a a collection of minds that have brought these industries about. And the human brain is so powerful with just the idea of imagination alone. And then if you match that with work ethic and willpower, holy fuck. Why do you think some people have written their names in history books in a myriad of ways? Because they understood the power of the mind. When you can envision something, when you can imagine yourself doing something, building something, and I I don't mean from the third person, like if you ever played video games, you know what I mean? Like when the camera's looking at the body and then you have the scenery out in front of you, what I mean is first person, like stick your hand up and look at that bitch right now, you are living in first person. And if you didn't know that, you're welcome. That'd be kind of weird if you didn't know that actually. That'd be kind of funny, but also a little scary. Like, what do you mean? Are you like that would probably be depersonalization from a a transient, not a transient from a. (sighs) I'm going on a riff anyway. We're going to move beyond that point. But all in all, what I'm trying to say is when you can imagine it in your mind, like you can envision it from a first person perspective, like you're doing the action. It becomes that much realer. In person, because here's here's how I I could best describe it. So there's I'll tell you how I've learned to use visualization, and then I will tell you the example that I've learned to help my brain develop the ability to have the ability to visualize. So for me, I use visualization for about everything. A funny story, most of you who listen to this podcast, shout out to you. If you know me personally and you listen to the podcast thank you so much i appreciate that um but most of you know i used to work at equinox and when i was let go from equinox i was not allowed back right so i told myself that when i get the money when i can afford an equinox membership i will be back and i told myself i specifically want an all-access pass i want to be able to go to any equinox I go to in any city that I travel to, because for me, fitness is that important. And as the guy who has the eight pack, I tried so hard not to put myself in that story, but goddamn it. It's me. <laughs> so as the guy who has the eight pack, he invests in his fitness. And I thought going back to Equinox would be a worthy investment. Not only that, I thought it'd be a trophy because for me, I got to be transparent 2019, my ass is on unemployment. And now 2020, I won't go into exact numbers, but your boy is doing fucking phenomenal, phenomenal. And why? Because I envisioned it. I envisioned the action steps necessary. So when I got to the hard parts, I thought about that in my mind already. So when it happened in real time, in real life, it was easy for me to get over. Challenges were no longer challenges because I already thought about the challenges because I thought and i seen myself doing this shit already in my head. So just learning how to do that from like basic examples, close my eyes, imagine myself doing an exercise at the gym, perhaps doing a new lift. And remember, we're thinking about this from the first person perspective. So my eyes are closed, I'm imagining myself on the bench, grabbing the bar, hoisting it down and going through the entire movement. And then I open my eyes, I'm in the gym, I take a look at the bench, I stack the weight, I lay on that shit, I hoist the weight, I bounce that bitch off my chest. Well, I lift it properly. I don't bounce weights off my chest, that's very amateurish, but I press the weight, I put the shit back up, boom, new PR achieved. And I'm not saying, oh, I can imagine myself lifting a 1,000 pounds and then throw a 1,000 pounds on the bar and then do it. No, I'm talking about things that are reasonable. And once you start, if you can envision these small things, like the small steps it takes to get to point A to point B, you can go all the way. And then once you take a look back and you're thinking to yourself like, damn, I did all those things. Like I, throughout the journey, I stayed faithful to the vision. I seen myself through all the action steps. I was aware of all the challenges that were going to come. And I overcame that because I used my mind first and then my body followed. There is no action you take in this lifetime that a thought does not proceed. There is no action. It's impossible. I mean, of course, we have our medical conditions where, you know, people react. But even within then, those are nerve impulses. And even in then, those are signals from your brain that you're just not conscious of. So still, there has to be a catalyst, an initiation, before an action takes place. So once you become conscious of that, and you're aware that yes, My actions deem where I go, but more so than that, my thoughts are what proceed my actions. So if there's anything that actually guides me, it is my thoughts. And you'd be surprised at how many people do not take the time to master their conscious thoughts. And when I say conscious, I mean being self-aware. Having an understanding of how you got to where you are in your life. If you're one of these people that are like, how did I get here? You need to do yourself a favor and examine, become more self-aware. Maybe you don't like sitting down with yourself in the complete absence of sound. But these are some of the things that you have to do. And once you can get over that, you can start visualizing. Well, who, would I, who do I want to be? And I'm not talking about the influence of Instagram and all these other people telling you what you need to be. Who do you deep down inside want to be? That's what matters. And that's the only thing that's going to quote unquote manifest in this world. Everything else is just vain achievement that you will never be satisfied with. So the ultimate question here is, okay, great. Visualization helps us get from point A to point D, but how the fuck do I do it? Well, I have one method in particular, very easy to get started with. It's called the ladder method. And honestly, all you have to do are about five to six steps, maybe a little bit less, depending on how I describe it, but I'll go ahead and do that now. Start by laying down. You can lay down on a mat, like a yoga mat or some shit. You know, you can get a yoga block, whatever, but the point is you want to be laying down, you want to be relaxed, eyes closed, taking in big deep breaths in through the nose, down through that diaphragm, expand that diaphragm, and then exhale. If you want to go ahead and practice this while I describe it, go for it, totally open. Maybe you're sitting down, you can still do this with your eyes closed. So as you're breathing in and you're breathing out, exhale, breathe in, big deep breath hold it for a second or two, exhale, repeat that about four or five times, and then from there, and perhaps this might be your first time, you know, re-envisioning things again, but What you're going to do from this point is, you're going to slowly start to envision your hands outstretched out in front of you. And this is from a first-person perspective. So just like in real life, right? Just like you had your hands out in front of you like you're about to catch something or you're trying to block something from hitting you, you have your hands stretched out, but you have your eyes closed and you're envisioning this with your quote-unquote third eye. Now. From here, the next step, you've seen this before in real life, so you can visualize this. I want you to imagine that there's a ladder in front of you. Now, if you're afraid of heights, don't be worried about that. There's no need to be afraid of heights in this case, like you're literally not going to fall. But in this case, I want you to imagine that this ladder is obviously on the ground and extends up. And let's say like the objective, right? Just for, just for sake of conversation, and hopefully you're still breathing in, breathing out. You're envisioning the hands in front of you. You're starting to see the ladder. Let's go ahead and say at the very top of that ladder, you have your goals, your wishes, and your desires, right? So what you're going to do, hopefully you've climbed a ladder in your life, but you're just going to place one hand. You're gonna grab one ring on that ladder. Then you're going to grab the next one and you're going to place your feet there. So now at this point, you're looking down in first person. You see your feet, you see your legs, you see your hands, you see your arms, you see the ladder in front of you. Don't worry, the ladder is sturdy and it's going straight up to your goals and your desires. From there, you're going to start taking one hand, place it one after the other, moving your hands and your feet in succinct, organized, coordinated fashion. You're going to make your way all the way up to the ladder right up until the point where you see your dreams, your goals, and your desires. Now, just practice envisioning a ladder, right? You don't have to do this every day, but if you're going to start meditating, start meditating and getting into the idea of being able to visualize what you see. And then from there, start using your imagination to envision what you want to be. Look, I know I say this all the time, but... You truthfully do not know when you're going to die. And some people, when they hear that, they say, I'm just going to do whatever and I'm going to drift along my life. But my question to you is why? If you don't know how long you have, why give anything to chance? Of course, we can't control what we want all the time or we can't control everything. That's a good way to put it. But at the same time though, we can control our thoughts. And although our thoughts do not literally create our reality, it does create duplicates that are rather fucking similar. 2019, when I decided to go back to technical school and learn new skills, I told myself somewhere along the line, I wanted to be exactly where I am now. And I envisioned it the whole way through. And even with the challenges that I didn't foresee, I closed my eyes, imagined myself in a better position, and I got there. Same thing with my fitness. When I got out of that relationship, my heart was broken, but I closed my eyes, I said, what is the best version? What is the other side of this? What is the silver lining, the fucking light at the end of the tunnel? And I closed my eyes, I envisioned it, and through the trials, through the tribulations, I got there. I truly believe within reason there is no goal you cannot envision and become. But in order to get that goal, you have to become him or her. And you owe it to yourself before you go to become him or her. So that's about all the time I have for you today. I want to say thank you so much for stopping by. Next week we're going to talk about cuffing season and how it just ain't the same anymore. And uh, why guys aren't dating. So once again, thank you so much for stopping by. Become him or her. This was your boy, Roy, and you've been tuned into Back to Center Podcast.